Welcome to Date Night Behind the Screens. Thanks so much for subscribing and supporting our show. It means a lot to us. I wouldn't exist without it. Wow, that's kind of meta. Um, I'm Will. That was Kalman. He's a friend of mine. This is an introductory play session I did with Mike. It's Dern's first appearance, uh, issue number zero, if you would. It's also Mike's first time playing D&D, and one of my first times, too. Uh, we played it right before we recorded episode one, just to get a feel for the game, play out a little bit of Dern's backstory, and set the stage for the campaign. I hope you enjoy it. It was really fun to record, and it was equally fun to listen back on while Amy was getting it ready for release. So without further ado, here's Adu's first play session! Uh, I really calmed that one. Without further ado, here's Dern's first play session. What do I roll to turn off the recording? <laughs> do I roll a d20? I rolled a 15. That should turn it off, right? It's m My skill in recording is minus 8, though. So that's a 7. You take one finger and put it on the trackpad and bring it over to the square and click with Which one. Finger? But is this a, <laughs> is this a radio? <laughs> Now Mike is getting the look. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you see how to do it, and then you yep. press the thing, except I'm not pressing it right now because we are recording. Okay. Okay. All right, good. Okay. I'm good. All right. We'll 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 wait for you to get downstairs before okay. we start. We're recording right now. Yes. Yeah, but, but we'll they can hear start you. And we can cut. All right, so you're at home in, again, the kingdom of Kufo. Kufo. You live in a small part of the mountains with the rest of your Hammerstone clan. Inside that part of the mountains, you have your temple that you're a part of, but there's also a little bit of industry going on there. Um, there's some mining, some smithing and crafting that happens here in, in your home. Uh, you live very near to the coast of Kufo, even though you're in the mountains. It's just sort of a half-day journey down to the coast. You've spent the day helping to load supplies on a wagon. Everybody is expected to help. It's only a couple times a year that you guys send out your supplies uh, on a big uh, trade ship that comes in from a place called the Shield of Kufo, which is an island um, off the coast where there's a big naval presence, one of the largest ones in the world. This place is, that's largely run by humans who share your kingdom with you. They're, they live mostly on the coast and are seafarers, but you've dealt with a lot of them since you're so close to the coast. Further into the middle of the kingdom, uh, it's more mountainous, and it's pretty, almost strictly dwarven uh, in the middle. But this is a really special day. Uh, actually, the, the next day will really be the, the special day. It's almost like Christmas, when the elves are finally done building all their presents and they've sent them on the sleigh, that's kind of the feeling that um, you guys have after you're done loading up all these supplies on the wagon. But you're also really tired, um, and you go in for the night, and it's just kind of a normal night sleeping. You have a kind of rocky outcropping that is your bed with a little bedroll on it, and in the middle of your sleep there comes a dream. 
And in this dream, there's the voice of your patron goddess, Atalanta, not Atlanta, Atalanta, Atalanta. Yeah, who's the goddess of balance. And she speaks to you and she says, Dern, that's your name. That's not her just being like, Dern, you're good looking in your sleep or anything. It's just, <laughs> just Dern. Yeah, this is going to be a long campaign, yeah. Dern. <laughs> Dern, Dern Hammerstone. Lead the caravan to the coast in the morning. You must be the one to lead it. You don't see her, but you just hear her voice over kind of the whirring of distant gears of some machines that are still running, that are always running in, in your caves. You know that it's her, though. You've never seen her in your mind. For you, she's... Um, you've, <laughs> you've never seen her. To you, when you think about her, she's probably like the perfect dwarven woman, stout and strong, with her whiskers perfectly groomed, you know? Um, so you have that picture of her in, in your mind, and you just can't get it out. She just keeps telling you, you must lead the caravan to the coast in the morning. You must lead it. It's probably the clearest message you've ever heard. I don't know how much interaction you've had, with your goddess in the past. It may be even the first time you've heard her voice clearly telling you to do something, but you definitely know that it's her will for you to go. So you really can't sleep that night, and you just find yourself sitting in the entrance to the cave next to the wagon that's been loaded up and ready to go, just kind of waiting for dawn. It's been a long time since you've seen a sunrise living here under the ground, but through the mouth of the cave, you see one, and it strikes you as being extra important because of kind of the message that you've received. And that's where we begin. You're sitting in the mouth of this cave next to the wagon when an, an uncle of yours, Gimhurt Hammerstone, uh, comes up from lower in the cave. Uh, he's a very strong-looking dwarf with pale gray eyes, and he enters the room where your loaded wagon is, and he seems surprised to see you. Hey, uh, Dern, what are you doing here so early in the morning? Oh, Uncle Gimhart, it's a pleasure to see you. Don't <laughs> see you up this way many times. No, but I lost the lottery. I'm supposed to lead the wagon to the coast this morning. Well, I mean, I know the merchant class normally goes, but it's, it's good that they have a protector. But I, I, I tell you what, how about this time I, I, I take the wagon? You? When was the last time you were out of the cave, laddie? No, I know, Uncle, but listen, I, I, I had a dream last night. The goddess herself came to me. <laughs> My accent keeps shifting. Yeah, here. there's gonna be. So I keep going from just like Irish to a German while till you get your character right. voice down, and mine are gonna switch a thousand times yeah. for for each one of these guys. The the goddess came to me. And she told me to lead lead the wagon myself. And I I know you you don't especially enjoy the duty, so I I I, I really feel no. I need to do this. No, I don't like fresh air or open spaces or any of that nonsense. You yeah. know, I don't know how the humans do it. No. Or the merchant class for that matter. Well, say no more. If you want to take the wagon, I'll take over your daily responsibilities. I appreciate it, Uncle. I think this this could be very important. Well, you don't have to ask me twice to stay here. <laughs> but let me see what the omens tell for you. And he, he gets down on his knees with, and there's like kind of a, a horrible pop noise and kind of his, ah, oh, me old knees, he says, these things. I know. Oh. 
He says, I'd just better off staying down here on the ground and under the ground. He throws a couple of gems on the ground, kind of unceremoniously. Here, we, we have Foley work for that. And he says, oh, this is odd. He says, the gems say, wheel, that's good, that's fortune, but they also say, whoa, just be extra careful on your journey, laddie. Uh, and Morden will keep you, he says, and Morden is his his god. When he says Morden keep you, he kind of reaches his hands out and waddles back up to standing with another pop of his knee, and a kind of pale yellow light comes out and wraps around you, and it imbues you with a power that will last through your first combat. You can make a note this is a temporary effect. You'll be able to receive maximum healing from any healing effect, so... If a healing effect says 1d8, you'll get all 8. And you'll have advantage on all saving throws against death. So that would be a fail-safe in case something bad happened to you. It says, I don't think you'll need this on your short journey to the coast. But just in case, though, it's more woey than wheely, he says. Oh, Uncle, I appreciate it. However, I see... Great fortune in this, because the goddess herself, wheel and woe, the two balance each other. I, I see this as great fortune, Uncle. He just kind of nods his head a little bit, and he says, Yeah, uh, I see it as great fortune, too, because I get to stay in the cave. He <laughs> says. <laughs> and he starts uh, waddling back down, and he, he just kind of gives you a wave and says... Good luck, laddie. And oh, uncle, one more thing. Yes? I see the balance in this decision as well, because yes, you get to stay here in the mountain, but you have to go home to auntie. Oh, uh, would you like to reconsider? <laughs> Stone keep you, uncle. <laughs> More than keep you, he says, and goes back down further into the cave. So there's a, a ram nearby that you would hook up to this wagon to help pull it, so... Uh, you can, I guess, go ahead and roll uh, animal handling. We'll see. Uh, that's a d20. Oh. And you add your animal handling modifier. Which is nothing. 20. So that's a crit. So this ram is like your best <laughs> friend. Whoom, harness on! <laughs> Basically, you just point at him. I just threw the harness <laughs> in his general direction. You don't even have to. You just point. <laughs> and he goes and slips into the harness. <laughs> Oh, and he good. actually says, I'm ready. <laughs> this is gonna be the one crit awesome roll I ever get. Yeah, for, for my stats the ram Alright. So the ram is so raring to go right now. You've never seen him so excited. And he uh, takes off at a pretty good clip out of the cave. There's a path ahead that leads down to the coast. And you know it's just about a, a two-hour run down there. As you head down the mountain, um, it's a pretty nice day even for being outside. And uh, there's a nice crisp breeze blowing through the trees. It's autumn, so it's nice and cool. It's not one of those, you know, sweaty dwarf-leg days that you're not very fond of. No dwarf is. But you get down to the coast, and there's actually a bunch of people down there from different places around. 
not from your cave, but from different villages around this area. This is a day where not only your village is very expectant for the ships to come in, but many of the others are. There's a lot of people there because some of them have family who are on these ships that come in, who are some of the traders and sailors. Others are there because they have things that they'd like to trade or they'd like to send, um, you know, export, or they're, they're expectantly waiting for new supplies to come in. So there's quite a few people there. And just kind of like clockwork on the horizon, there are the ships from the shield of Kufo. These are really impressive human-made vessels with big sails on them, most of them three masts or more, and they're starting to pull in. They've got a big shield on each one of the sails. So you you just head down to the coast and you're waiting. There's a place for them to dock there. As the ships come in, it's kind of quiet, like people don't come out of the ships right away, and some of the people start looking around, kind of wondering why people aren't jumping off the ships like they usually are. They're usually pretty happy to be back, and a few people spring off to go see their family. What do you want to do? Do you want to just hang out and wait, or? Do I need to roll or something to see? I mean, that seems like a suspicious circumstance to me, but. Right. Yeah, you can roll a perception check if you want to see what you notice about things. That would be what you'd do. Fourteen. All right, and do you add anything? You you would add your wisdom modifier to perception. Minus one. Okay, so with that, you definitely know that this isn't normal, and you see just uh, for a second, it seems like you see somebody hiding back behind the mast of one of the ships. You know that's probably not normal. All right. Is that? Oh, I was just going to say, as you're standing there and you notice this, you see some of the kind of villagers from the different villages. There's some uh, just regular people and some kids. They start inching closer to the ships. Is there like a a, a local constable or anything? Yeah, there's a few guards who are here at the docks. There's uh, not too many. There's a guy standing there who's got a spear. There's another one who has a bow who are kind of mulling around there near the docks, and they're the ones closest to where the ships are. They're actually starting to tie them down. I just approach the closest one. Okay. So that'll be the guy with the bow, I guess. He's still on the shore, and he says... Human, I'm presuming? Yeah. These are... Most of the villagers here are humans. You're next to the guy with the bow, and he just kind of looks at you. He says, well, you know, they're here. Laddie, don't you think it's a bit weird... That no one's gotten off the ship yet. And I, I swear I saw one hiding behind the Just as you say that, you hear the thwang kind of noise of a crossbow mm. being fired. And there's one of the kids who was inching up close to the boat gets a bolt in his chest and he falls over down into the water. I holler two arms to arms. Yeah. Right after that crossbow bolt hits the kid, there's like a pause for just a second where people are wondering what the heck happened, and then that's just kind of uh, chaos, and they start running away from the shore. But they've, you know, they're on the docks. Some of them get pushed into the water, into the shallows, so now they're really slow. As they do that, and you you're readying your arms, I guess, so pulling out your warhammer, you start seeing pouring off of the ships are some orcs who definitely were not the original owners of these ships. Roll a perception check again. 
14. Okay. You see, this is a... Obviously, for one, this is weird. You know that this is strange that they would have these ships at all because the orcs are not generally super organized to be able to take ships of this size. And this is clearly nicer than what that filth normally goes with. Yeah. When they, they do raid occasionally these coastal villages, but it's usually in really small boats from... There's an island uh, right across called Lamoche from Kufo, and occasionally they come across and steal some things from coastal villages, but what they pilot is closer to, like, a canoe than these things. Right. So. Light and fast versus something of this size. Yeah. Slow. So this is odd, but what you notice in the current situation is that this is a pretty good size group of orcs, too, which is maybe unusual, um, and they start pouring off. But what you also notice is that there's still quite a few villagers between you and these orcs, some kids and women and things like that as well. What do you want to do? Do you want to hold up where you are, kind of on the shore near where the docks are? Do you want to head out onto the docks? Do you want to help people out of the shallows? What, what, it, what would your character be doing? Holler for... The, the women and children to get back and holler at the guards to form form up on each of the docks to sort of take advantage of the bottleneck that they would create. Because okay. I imagine there's going to be more orcs than there are of us. And... So roll a... Um, let's go with persuasion for the guards, since, like, you're not, I guess, like a, you know, a commander right. of them or anything, and there's no, like, commander skill. So unless you want to intimidate them, you could either intimidate or just try and persuade them. Uh, intimidation with the promise of death if they don't get off their, <laughs> their shiny, too tall buns. Okay, that sounds good. Fifteen. Yeah, that's enough. So there's only <clears throat> a couple of guards, but there's actually a couple of commoners who pull out some weapons as well. So you've got the two guards, the one with the spear, he's standing in the front. The one with the bow is... Still on the shore, but right next to the edge of the dock, so that he can kind of take some shots. Um, and forming up right behind the guard with the spear are just two commoners, one with a staff and one with a club. How um, many docks are there again? It's really just one that comes into the shore, but it kind of branches out, and there's a couple of ships docked on it. Um, but they all still have to come to one To one place, yeah. But there's still a couple other ships that are out mm -hmm. um, that haven't come to shore at all. So off of the one ship that was closest, two orcs have stepped off and they're approaching the guards and commoners and that bottleneck. One of them has a great axe um, and another one has a spear. Uh, I want to post myself as sort of the front line because I'm, you know, big boy armor and all that kind of thing. All right, well, let's roll some initiative okay. to see who goes first. So I've got a lot of them to roll, I guess. So you roll your d20, and you don't add anything to that, I guess, because your initiative is your dx modifier. All right, and your allies have eights, so you're going to act at the same time as your allies. But first, that means the dude with the great axe has rushed up to the first guard, and he takes a swing and crits, and a spearman is in for a world of hurt. He's he's pretty bloodied and staggering, but he's still holding the line, and he's going to go ahead and make his attack right back on the guy with the great axe, and that's going to be a hit. And he's going to deal some damage and really sticks his spear into the gut 
of the dude with the great axe. Uh, it's to you. You've got the dude with the great axe right up against the guy with the spear, and then you've got the guy with the the orc with the spear coming up behind the guy with the great axe. What would you like to do? How far away is this the spear? You're about fifteen feet from the dude with the spear, I guess. Okay. About um, is is lay on hands an instant effect, or is it? A, yeah. Okay. As I'm coming up. Well, I mean, it's an action, so. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a turn. Yeah. You get an on your turn. You get an action, a bonus action, but you don't have very many things that you can do with bonus actions yet. Some of your spells will be bonus actions, mm. and some people who dual wield can use a bonus action for a second attack. That would be your turn. You can still move, but if you want to heal him, that's your action. Okay, move and heal. Okay. That makes the most sense. I need. I need. So I'm gonna. So you get five healing for him. Uh, you said five plus the your paladin level, which right, is so one. one. So it'd be six, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's feeling a lot better. You actually watch his wound just kind of close up. And he's like, "Oh, thanks. I needed that." So the dude with the bow takes a shot, and he hits the dude with the great axe also. Um, which is good. And that guy with the great axe snarls. Looks like that that um, arrow that's sticking out of his shoulder didn't feel so great. <laughs> the commoners are going to swing at him. Uh, the one with the club hits him. And knocks him off into the water. So it's just the dude with the javelin uh, left at this point. And it's back around to the orc with the javelin or the spear. He's going to attack you. So, what's your AC? 16. Alright, he had 15 plus 3, 18, so that's going to hit. Right? If his number exceeds, uh, equals or exceeds yours, he hits. So he's got an 18. And he deals 8 damage. Takes me down to 4, correct? Yep. At level 1, Stuff hurts. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Um, now it is your hey, turn. Hang on a second. Constitution. I thought Constitution dictated the HP pool. It did. You get 10 plus your Constitution yeah. modifier is your starting health. Okay, I don't think I read that right. 10, oh, 10 plus my Constitution. Okay, so 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, I guess technically it would be the dude with the spear's turn because he went before you. He misses the guy with the javelin, um, who's now right up on you guys. So it's it's your go. I swing my hammer. That's All right. It. Roll a d20. Okay. 17. All right, so you're going to get to add your... Uh, for that one, you add your strength. Plus uh, four. And your proficiency. Uh, which is two. Proficiency again. Oh, proficiency bonus. So... <clears throat> 17 plus 4 is going to be 21. 21 plus 2 <laughs> that's is 23. Good. That's definitely a hit. Head comes clean off. <laughs> and then, then you roll your damage. Okay. T20 again? No. no whatever that's... your damage for the oh. Warhammer is. Uh, One-handed, because you got your one, shield on. 1d8. So... Oh, wait. Your armor class is... You have a shield, right? Correct. So it's 18. Oh. So you still so would have got hit. Six. But... 
what do you roll? No, it doesn't change your damage. You still would have got hit. Right, but it, I'd have two more. Oh, no. Okay. It's just whether or not you're hit, not how much you get. <clears throat> That's why we're doing an intro thing, too, to just get used to playing. So now you roll whatever your damage die is for a one-handed attack with a Warhammer. 1d8. That's the one that looks like this. Yeah. Three. And is it plus anything or just... Uh, Just 1d6. Okay, three damage. That's the first time this guy's gotten hit, I think. What was his health? Okay. Um, your allies, other allies get to go again. The guy with the bow uh, misses. And the commoners. I had two critical failures there, so we're, we're going to say one of the commoners falls into the water. Um, and he's trying not to drown. I can't swim! I can't swim! And it's three feet deep. Shoes. <laughs> Well, for you, that would be over your head. But for him, he should just be able to stand up. Yeah, you are. It's just a a size joke, all right? All right, so this will be back to the spear guy. He's going to take a stab at you. That's 15 plus 3, 18. Oh, no, he's plus 5 to hit. Uh, 20. That's going to beat your AC, right? Right. And you are now unconscious. Oh, boy. (laughs) What is what did the uncle's thing do? You get the maximum effect of healing and advantage on saving death saving throws. Okay. So that would take you to being unconscious. Okay. Because you'd be at less than zero health. But that doesn't kill you. Right. But so far as you're concerned, since there's nobody else in your party, that's the last thing you remember from this intro. Okay? Okay. And when you wake up, that's when the game's gonna start. <laughs>